when the Penguins' good players come back? That's what everybody wants to know. How will they possibly keep winning when their good players come back? Oh, no. Just stop that already. Stop. Good morning. Good Wednesday morning. I'm Dan Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh Sports. This is Daily Shot of Penguins. Comes your way bright and early every weekday morning. I also offer up daily shots of Steelers and Pirates if you're into that sort of thing. Penguins are embarking later today for a six-game, 11-day road trip to face the Bruins, the Devils, and the Rangers. And they do so really, I mean, flying high. They're playing really well, and they're playing well as a team, as a collective, and they're doing a lot of those little Mike Sullivan things that more people than just Mike Sullivan appreciate. They're blocking shots. They're, they're forechecking hard. They're being opportunistic with their chances. They're skating hard. They're skating really hard. Strip away all the X's and O's. And they're just competing. And that's terrific. It it really is. It's been fun to watch. But almost like everything in every walk of life in Pittsburgh, we can't stand prosperity. We can't stand being happy about anything. So instead of looking at the good that's right in front of us, we worry about the bad that might be looming around the corner. And since there's nothing really all that tangible right now other than the injuries to be upset about, we're going to worry instead about what happens when the good players come back. Let me tell you a few things about this hockey team and where it stands and why it stands there. The Penguins are 23-11-2. They opened the season 5-5-1 when almost no one, stars, pluggers, no one, was playing well. And it was disturbing, and it was unsettling. Like, I mean unsettling not for the season, but unsettling for the franchise's short-term and long-term future. And then Jim Rutherford walks out the door, and you're wondering what that's all about, and what does he know that we don't? And it looks like everything's going to fall apart. It doesn't, of course. The Penguins keep winning, even though they keep playing poorly. They steal a few. Overtimes, shootouts, a couple of squeakers, lots of comebacks, lots of rallies that made you think that it's not that the team doesn't care. They just can't really sort it out yet. They can't figure it out yet. Or maybe, maybe, maybe they still are uh, too old and too slow, as we've been suggesting for a while. And then they weren't. And then they took off. And then they beat up regularly on the Capitals and the Islanders. 4-2 and two right now against Washington. 
the team that's in first place. Six and two against the Islanders, the team that's technically in second place, even though they and the Penguins both have 48 points. The Capitals only have 50. The Penguins are right there, ready to pull into first place. And they ascended to that point because, not despite, because Evgeny Malkin began to play like the great version of Evgeny Malkin. I have no idea how or why this script has been rewritten since his injury, but I was also there when he was playing. You know, I saw what he was doing. I presume everyone else did too. But an old narrative got resurrected somewhere along the way and a lot of people bought in and now it's, oh no, what happens when Gino comes back? How about Kasperi Kapanen? Is he part of the problem too or are we not watching those games either? All he did was score a bunch of big goals, play way more diligently over 200 feet than I think a lot of us knew was even possible. And he's he's now somebody that we're worried about as well, right? Right? I don't hear anybody mention his name. They mention Geno's. They don't mention his. But he's, he's one of them. Who else? Teddy Bluger? <laughs> I mean, is Teddy part of the problem? He, he might have been the Penguins' MVP through the first quarter of the season. Brandon Tanev, there's your issue right there. Now I finally come to the source of the problem. It's Brandon Tanev we're worried about. How will this team continue to play a fast-paced, high-octane game when Brandon Tanev returns? Do you see the absurdity of this whole discussion this portion of Daily Shot of Penguins is brought to you by Fubo TV. That's how you should be watching TV. My goodness, why aren't you doing that already? The cost of cable is over 200 bucks a month. Fubo TV is $65 a month to watch the same channels and you don't pay for DVR and you don't pay for installation. Fubo TV now comes with AT&T Sportsnet Pittsburgh, so you can watch Penguins games, you can watch Pirates games. And right now, right here, Fubo TV is offering our listeners the seven-day free trial and 15% off your first month. All you got to do is go to FuboTV.com slash DK. One more time, FuboTV.com slash DK. Get 15% off your first month. Gino's the problem. Yeah. That's 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 where the dialogue is going to go. You know, there is going to be work ahead for Mike Sullivan as players return to the lineup. But in these scenarios previously, and with the Penguins' history of injuries, I mean, there have been a lot of these scenarios. As players return individually, they're aware sharply aware of what's been happening in their absence. They know who was in their place. They know what that individual was doing. And you'd better be 
very sure they know if that individual was outperforming them in any capacity. Again, I'm not talking about Geno here. I'm looking more at a case like Jason Zucker, who came back the other night. It was his first game in quite a while. He had that ugly ankle injury. And there were times he looked a little nervous. Times he looked like he was trying to do uh, maybe too much. But maybe that's telling in and of itself. Because he comes back, and somebody else comes back, and now you have a couple other people who are currently in the lineup who are out. The other night it was Radim Zahorna who lifted up the whole team, spirits, by scoring his first NHL goal last week against Buffalo, and everybody was singing about it and everything else, and then he was scratched, and he was scratched for Jason Zucker. And you're thinking about that if you're Jason Zucker and you go out there and you don't want to let anybody down. That's that's a very real thing. Uh, Evgeny Malkin, when he's come back from injuries, he's been asked stuff like this. He's been asked about it. I, I know because I, I remember it uh, wasn't the last time he was hurt, but the time before that, I remember asking him something like, you know, are you afraid you're going to screw this all up? And he laughed and said, oh, yeah, I'm going to do that. But they're aware of it. They don't want to be what causes it. They know that if they come back and the Penguins start losing, who we're all going to be looking at. You know, oh, this was all going great when we had Freddie Goodrow as our star. You know, what's your problem, dude? Man, just it's okay to accept when things are going well. And they are. And they are. The Penguins aren't in first place in the East Division yet. They're playing a Boston team that's really got some problems. That's their next couple of games. They're two points behind the Capitals, who just got mauled last night by the Rangers 5-2. to two. And the Penguins have the best goal differential in the division. And anybody who's read or listened to my work for any sustained period of time, knows that I'm a big fan of points, runs, and goal differential in football, baseball, and hockey, respectively. They're a very telling indicator as to who your team actually is, whereas the standings and the wins and losses can kind of hide that stuff. This goes a little bit more micro. How many goals have you scored versus how many have you given up? or runs, or points. And the Penguins are now, just by one goal, just by one goal over the Islanders. But they're number one in that category. The one downer that they've had, really, as a team all season is that they haven't been great on the road. 16-3-1 in Pittsburgh, 7-8-1 on the road, but they've been better on the road of late, you know, playing Buffalo and whatever. But going into Boston a place where they haven't had much success, to put it mildly, they have a chance to add on to this, to get that much stronger and to build up an even stronger case why you should never have Gino and Kapanen back on your roster again. When we come back, just one question.
Welcome back. It's time for Just One Question, and that's brought to you always by the good people at the Greater Pittsburgh Community Food Bank. Only a year ago, there were interminable lines of cars down at their main facility in the city of Duquesne. And since then, the food bank's come such a long way in terms of its efficiency, its facilities, and most importantly, the support that it's gotten from people like you. Nothing about this city and the way it reacts to tough times uh, will ever surprise me. Uh, I'm a lifer here. I watched how we bounced back from the steel mills closing. And I'm watching now how we've bounced back from this pandemic. And it's been impressive. And I, I feel personally that a lot of that is emblematic in the way that we, we as a community, lifted up the food bank. But their mission is never done. Go to pittsburghfoodbank.org and see what you can do. Question today comes from 447th, who says, DK, NBC Sports Network put out an interesting stat during a game a couple nights ago that the top three NHL games this season with the most hits against an opponent were all against the Penguins. My question, do teams that play Pittsburgh involve more hitting, physical play into their game, strategy schemes, and if so, then why? Or does the style and system of the Penguins put them into positions on the ice to get hit a lot? Um, I'd lean more toward the, the first way that you asked that. If you think about who's in the East Division, Boston is always a leader in hits. The Islanders have been up there for a decade now in hits. Uh, think about that Cal Clutterbuck line and what they've done for years. Uh, that's a physical line. They just go out and they run up hit totals. Washington is a physical team. So right off the bat, you're talking about you know, three teams that are going to come and hit you. And where the Penguins are concerned, you're not going to see them do a lot of hitting. So you're going to see a, a disproportionate amount. Mike Sullivan's view of physicality is your ability to take it, is your ability to take it and continue making the right play on the puck because the puck matters. I will never forget this head coach telling me with a straight face that the most physical player on his roster was Dominic Simone. And you wouldn't think of Dom that way in a million years. But you don't look at Dom the way his coaches did at the time. They watched players come barreling in trying to knock him off the puck, and they couldn't do it. He's not the biggest build guy, but he's just naturally strong. And he would still make the right play with the puck. If you go back to the 2016 and 2017 teams that won championships, you're not going to see anything in the way of physicality from those guys either. I mean, Ian Cole had, you know, Ian Cole could dish one out. They had a couple of guys that could, you know, put the body into you. 
But for the most part, what made those guys tough is that they were flying around. They maintained constant possession of the puck. They put a ton of pucks on the opponent's net. And when you came to hit them, including the big bad Capitals, and remember how brutal the Capitals were against the Penguins in both of those playoff years, they just kept going. They Connor Sherried right around you. They Jake Genseled right off of you. There's something to be said for that. Um, I don't doubt what Brian Burke told our website, DK Pittsburgh Sports, last week, that the Penguins could use being a little bit bigger, could use being a, a little bit tougher. People hear that sometimes, and they just think right off the bat we're talking about fighting or whatever. No. This isn't about enforcers. This isn't about finding someone to go make Tom Wilson pay a price. This is, this is about just being bigger and stronger and having and holding on to that body position and that puck. We'll see, though. We'll see where this thing plays out because Mike Sullivan has one view, and I'm not, I'm not completely sure that view is shared by Burke, and within that, I'm not completely sure that Ron Hextall, with the way he built the Flyers as a faster skating team that really doesn't do a whole lot of hitting, shares with either of those guys. So fun times with that dynamic ahead. Thanks for the question. Thanks for listening. We'll do another one of these daily shots of Penguins tomorrow. Park University in the heart of downtown Pittsburgh, they understand there's no substitute for real-world experience and career-building connections. Their innovative curriculum engages students with distinctive experiential learning opportunities. Point Park's pioneering co-op program empowers qualified students to work in full-time, paid positions with their corporate partners while earning college credits. Visit pointpark.edu works to learn more. Career ready. That's the point. Point Park University. Your front door, your car, your gym locker, your gun. Safety is a habit. Learn more about how to keep guns safe and secure. Visit projectchildsafe.org.